Hey everybody and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars, where it's all about everybody has a car story. From celebrities to car personalities to people you may not have known are car people and have just great stories to tell. I'm Randy Cardoon and this week, Barry McGuire, that car-crazy guy whose family created the McGuire's Car Care Products line way back in 1901. You join me on Facebook Live at the Flavor of L.A. Food and Classic Car Event at the CBS Radford lot in Studio City, California. Now, if you haven't seen that interview on Facebook Live, we have it for you right here on iTunes and SoundCloud. Barry has the latest on why all of his cars are black, why he wears nothing but black, what he has against bug-eyed sprites, and the religious history of one of his latest acquisitions, a 1901 three-cylinder Duryea. But first... A Talking About Cars audio bonus. You can only hear it here on iTunes and SoundCloud. We talk about the 24 Hours of Le Mans, won by Chip Ganassi's racing team back in 2016. That team included Sebastian Bourdais, Dirk Muller, and Joey Hand, who happens to hail from a city near Sacramento, California. I talked to Joey, who told me all about what it was like to drive the newly redesigned Ford GT. The car is is, uh, very good to look at, let's put it that way. You know, when we first... First car came out, I was like, man, oh man, that's a good looking car from every angle. And, uh, you know, it's, we were thinking, boy, I hope it's as fast as it looks. And, uh, luckily we proved it was, you know, last year we won Le Mans. Uh, we won Daytona this year. And, uh, now we're going back to try and do Le Mans again. And that's a, that's a good way to go. I mean, to win in our first year was really cool. It was great for Ford, um, and, uh, and for Chip Ganassi and everybody. And, you know, now it's it's a little bit of weight off our shoulders going into this year to, to just try and, you know, win another one. <laughs> but it's a cool car. I mean, you know, the streetcar just came out this year. Um, they're actually making deliveries of the streetcar, and I've been able to drive it a little bit. And it really matches up really, really similar to the to the race car. So I think uh, I think the few people that are going to get the streetcar are going to have a good time with it. But it's uh, it's been an honor, you know, just to drive for Chip Ganassi. Um, and then have Ford on top of that, you know, flying the red, white, blue colors all over the car and, you know, being a proud American myself. Um, it's, a, it's about as good as it gets for me. I want to ask you how you got into it, a kid from Northern California moving into <laughs> this kind of thing. But I'm curious, with the new design on the Ford GT, um, that's what you guys are running, right? And if so, uh, how does that handle compared to the old classic design? Oh, well, I mean, you know, it's a big difference from the old, the old classic was a great car, you know, if you're talking about like the 60s Ford GT uh, 40, you know, it's, it was, it's based on that car. I mean, when you sit the cars next to each other, there's also the 2005 version, but if you put all the cars, cars together in a line, you can definitely see the resemblance from the front of the car. Um, it's just that this new version has so much more technology behind it. You know, we're running the 3.5 uh, EcoBoost engine and that's, you know, based off of some of the street car engines they have, uh, dual turbo and, uh, it's, it's got a lot of things that, uh, that are different from the, from the old days, but it's, uh, it's still a very cool car. I mean, this car is built to go win Le Mans. That's the whole focus of this. It, they, Ford wanted to win Le Mans 50 years after their first win in 1966. That was the whole goal. And the fact that they were, you know, from the beginning, were able to have that goal and then to, to achieve that goal last year was what made it so amazing. I mean, who calls it? I mean, it's like Babe Ruth calling a home run. These guys said, we're going to Le Mans to win in 2016. We went to Le Mans and won. Um, so, I mean, it's just a, it's a huge effort from, you know, start with Ford and Ford Performance and Multimatic, the guys who make the car, and then, then they said, we're going to give it to the best team in the world, Chip Ganassi Racing. And that's what they did. And thankfully, 
I was uh, I was at Chip Ganassi at the same time. Talk a little bit about how you grew up as far as what was your first car and how did you suddenly get yourself from, you know, growing up in Northern California to suddenly driving. And I, I know suddenly isn't the right word here, but <laughs> driving eventually for, you know, for Ganassi racing at Le Mans. Yeah. Well, I mean, the short, the very, very short stories. I started racing karts when I was 12 years old, basically here in Sacramento, go-karts. And uh, worked my way through. My dad was a dirt track racer here locally, dirt ovals, and worked my way up through carts to open wheel cars and got hurt really bad and kind of slowed my growth in, in open wheel uh, in a big accident and um, and just got a, got a chance with BMW and sports cars. And I spent a lot of time with BMW for about 12 years. I drove for BMW. And then Chip uh, came to me and for 2015. He's like, hey, come drive for me. I said, you know what? I've always wanted to drive for Chip ever since I was a kid watching the Target Indy cars go around. So, I said, this is a great time. He said, we're doing great stuff with Ford. You'll see. Let's go do it. I said, let's, uh, sounds like a plan. So that's how I ended up with Chip in, in sports car racing. And, um, you know, just, uh, it's just a, just a cool, cool route. I mean, I've been racing all my life and, uh, you know, that's all I do. That's all I've ever wanted to do. And, uh, just lucky to be, well, you know, they always say in the right place at the right time and, uh, to get with Chip and then make the move and, and be with Ford and, you know, just have everything fall in line is awesome. My first car, my first car, believe it or not, no joke, Ford Ranger. <laughs> Ford Ranger. I actually had six Ford Rangers in my life. Oh, really? I, buy I used to buy one. Uh, oh, I started with an older one, bought one, fixed it up, sold it for more money, bought another one. And uh, my dad owned a used car lot, so I'd go to the auctions with him and just pick one up, drive yep. it for a little bit, fix it up, and do it. What was the, What was the big thing about the Ford Ranger that caught your eye? Well, it just happened to be my first one. I just went, okay, with the auction, I'm like, oh, this is practical. I could put a go-kart in the back, and it's got good fuel economy and whatever, whatever. It was cheap. And uh, and then I was like, well, that worked really good. I'm just going to keep getting those. And so, you know, it, was, it kept me out of trouble. A little four-cylinder. The first one was a four-cylinder automatic with air conditioning. Just to get on the freeway, I had to turn the air conditioner off to, to blend in <laughs> properly, you know. But it worked out perfect for me. I always tell my wife, that's what my son's getting. First car, Ford Ranger worked out good for me people keep saying that the uh, Le Mans 24 hours of Le Mans is um, the Olympics if you will of uh, motorsport uh, you were there you had a chance to be on the podium if you will what was that like oh man you know when you're on the podium at Le Mans that's what everybody wants I mean before I went to Le Mans my first trip was 2011 before I went people were like oh do you get on the podium it's the most amazing thing I'm like okay whatever you know I've been on podiums before it's not like you know what could be different but when I got there, I got third in 2011, and uh, what you'll see, I've, I've been there twice, and been the podium twice, so I'm a lucky guy, but uh, when they when the race is over, they let the, people, the fans, everybody out, they open the pit lane, and they open the racetrack in turn one, and the, the podium is over, way up above the, the pit lane on a bridge, and over the front straightaway. When you're on the podium, it is a sea of 100,000 people that you could... I keep telling my guys, you know, Chip Ganassi was famous for this crowd surfing thing he did. He he jumped out in the crowd and they surfed him around at an Indy car race. I said, man, we could break the Guinness Book of World Records for crowd surfing if anybody wanted to <laughs> take the chance and go down pit lane and crowd surf it probably. But it's it's amazing to see all the people. It's a huge, you know, it's a huge race. I mean, um, in France and in Europe, that's so many people go to that race. I mean, there's over three hundred thousand people there throughout the weekend. So uh, it's a big event an eight-mile racetrack it's really really cool to see and very very passionate fans of sports car racing this will be the 85th running of it 
uh, of Le Mans 24 Hour. And, you know, for people, I, I'm sure people are wondering, like, well, how, how in the U.S. do I watch it? Ford has a great um, uh, thing they're doing. They do FordPerformance.tv. You can watch the live stream of our onboard car, onboard cameras the whole race if you want. That's the way my family watches. My dad watches every lap. Um, and, you know, there's going to be on Fox Sports. There's a bunch of time on Fox Sports and Fox Sports 1. So there's uh, there's ways to watch it and see what this is all about if if you don't know what uh, what Lamar is all about. And, it's, and literally, it's really cool. and literally, it is 24 hours. It's 24 hours. It's three. I think it starts at 3:30 in the afternoon on Saturday, the 17th, and uh, finishes at 3:30 in the afternoon on Sunday. And it, you know, back in the day, it was in the in the 60s and 70s. I mean, even in the 80s, it was about making your car last. You know, you probably drive once you got the start race going. You try to drive 60, 70 percent, save your brakes, save your gearbox, save all that. We drive absolutely 98%, almost at qualifying pace for 24 hours. Three drivers, we do about three hours at a time and rotate through that. So when it's all said and done, you know, we'll all do about eight or nine hours. It, it doesn't line up exactly, but, um, and you just all out sprint. Night, rain, you're driving through the Le Mans, through the French countryside in the dark, no lights, just your headlights at almost 200 miles an hour, um, whether it's raining or or sunshine or dark, and and being on the graveyard shift—that's not a big deal. <laughs> hey man, there's no there's no good time zone that you come from that makes you ready for three in the morning at Lamar. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you come from Japan, Wilton, California, straight up from Lamar. It doesn't matter. It's not the best time. Uh, you always are tired at three in the morning there. So that's the time that people really have to be careful. You got to really be focused in those hours because uh, the night at Lamar is. Uh, it's a tough one. It'll make your eyes bug out of your head. I always say, man, it's like you can't even close your eyes when you get out of the car. You're like, holy cow, I'm, you're wired, and and uh, it's tough to even get some sleep after that stint. So that three to seven in the morning, that's the tough time of the of the of the race, and that's when most of the things go wrong for people. And if you get through that, and you come up when you come out when the sun comes up in the morning, you've uh, you're on your way to to uh, something good. Is that going to be your shift, uh, three to seven? Uh, three, three seconds, somehow I always end up in there. Yeah, yeah. I, you're always a short guy with a straw, but at least you're playing. That's the important thing. Yeah. Joey Hand of Chip Ganassi Racing, the team who won the 2016 24 Hours of Le Mans. Le Mans. I feel like I am so much better at French now. Le Mans, Le Mans. Barry McGuire talks a lot about the passion of car people in the classic car hobby and those who like low-rider cars, Japanese classics, German classics, or who like cars in other countries. You talk with Barry, you know he just loves to talk about cars. I started off a Facebook Live interview with a rather astute observation, I thought, which apparently, gosh, no one else had ever thought of bringing up to him before. And Barry, thanks so much for taking the moment to come in and Always talk to us. to hang out with you. You know, it's so much fun. You know, you and the car hobby have told such great stories. But I got to say this. You are basically the Johnny Cash of the car hobby. I say that. I, I haven't heard that before. Because okay. <laughs> you wear black. Your cars are black. Yeah, that's talk, true. Where, that's true. Where does that come that's from? Uh, how did you start being the guy who painted all his cars black? Uh, well, um, you know, it, it has to do, if, if we're going to test car wax, um, our competitors usually demonstrate their products on white cars, yellow cars, pale blue cars, uh, which are very forgiving. Um, but the fact of the matter is, the hardest paint, the hardest finish to 
make perfect is block finish. If you can do it on block, you do it in the finish. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and we like to say, quite frankly, you, you get the sun on the opposite side of the car, you look down, and what we call a show car perfect finish is when you don't see, whatever you want to call them, holograms, uh, spider webs, you know, right. but any scratches. So you just see the reflection of the sun. That's all you see, perfect reflection. You can only really capture that on black. Oh. And so all of our cars, Worldwide, we're in 120 different countries. All of our company cars are black. All of my cars are black. And um, of course, I can't drive a dusty car, so <laughs> kind of true. He's up. right. Yeah. But it used to be hard to do that, and now it's easy to take care of a black car. I mean, we have all these products that make it so easy that it's it, it's, it's it's you really don't have to pay a heavy price to drive a black car anymore. So that's kind of fun. A lot of people notice a black car, and, and you wear you wear black. Well, yeah. Somebody said, "Well, too bad you you had to you have to wear black." And I said, "Yeah, I could shoot that guy that picked black for a color for our company." But, oh, yeah, that was me. Yay, <laughs> barely 50 years ago. But uh, but it does match what we do. Our packaging black, and we're trying to. It's it's branding, right? Everything's branding. Absolutely. But I've got to. I've done so many car shows now over the last 50 years wearing black. I don't even think about it. You know, I don't even think about it. I don't even get thirsty. I mean, I'm just I'm just enjoying the show. There's some great cars here. Uh, by the way, Restore a Muscle Car, you're probably watching it. They're uh, playing it on their Facebook page. KNX 1070 News Radio, they're working with us as well as the TMPCC, the uh, Television Motion Picture Car Club, who is providing a lot of these cars because of the club members, of which I must say, in all honesty, I am a member, you are a member. Absolutely. And so you brought today a Ford GT. Tell me about that. Yeah, well, it's a pretty quick car, you know. Um, a guy named Chris Theodore came up with the idea way back and uh, he was a friend of mine and so I interviewed him from before he went to Bill Ford and made the presentation and once he got authorization they told you, you got to make it in a year so bring in you know all the, all the guys and, and go for it and they did it in a year and uh, we kind of captured the whole thing and had our we, we went in with our cameras the first day of in the assembly plant and, and captured the whole uh, manufacturing process and after that Ford came and said we, you know we want you to have one of these so kind of hard to turn down it's still a very quick car. It's zero to sixty in three point six seconds, and even at this age, that's there are faster cars, but uh, not too many. You didn't do that on the way up here on the five, did you? I'm hardly. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> hardly. But you know, the nice thing is quiet. My wife can drive the car. It has an easy clutch. It has a Macintosh sound system. I mean, oh, wow. it's it's quite an amazing car. It really is. That's very cool. Now. You're up here, of course, in a, in a year that Vin Scully leaves the Dodger broadcast booth. It's a loss, we all know it, but there's a question now about your scenario with Car Crazy, 18 seasons, and you've talked about it. Uh, you're kind of in a hiatus. First off, let me say, I am, Vin Scully is the greatest of all announcers, and I was just too when I was a little kid, you know, so I'm not even going to mention the same breath. <laughs> Vin Scully, isn't he amazing? Yeah. Same strong voice. He could have kept going, you yeah. know? Yeah, and he gives all the credit to God. I, I try to do the same thing. He always says, God, thank you. And um, But yeah, we did 18 years. We've been doing uh, media for about 25 years, a lot of radio, and uh, started TV about 18 years ago. And it's just a blast, as you know. Sure. And you get sure. to talk to anybody, right? <laughs> Even if you don't know. Is so, this great We or know what? each other. Yeah, but I you know. can, the people I've been able to interview over the years, most of them have been friends already, but a few have not. But when you, when you have a a platform you can kind of go anywhere and we've traveled all over the world and had a blast doing it and when we started the car hobby was dying 
it was it was really imploding and not doing well. We said we got to get more cars. Somebody's got to get the car hobby going. Somebody's got to do something. But there is no official governing body, sanctioning body for the car hobby like there is in motor racing, motorsports. So um, a, a gal by the name of Leslie Kennedy, head of our corporate communications, said we ought to do a TV show. And I said, what what will we do on the TV show? She said, well, you know all these people, the Dan Gurneys and Phil Hills and George Barris's and just talk to them about their, and let them share their passion. The people will connect with their passion and they'll want to join the hobby. So we thought we'd try it for, you know, they gave us four shows, they gave us four more shows and finally a half a season and finally a full season and, you know, it just it just went like crazy. And, and we also wanted to break down the barriers. There was not a lot of cross-pollinization, but if you're if you're a hot rod, you wouldn't have anything to do with low riders or Japanese cars or, or the or the classics or the or the European cars. And we really have championed cars. We're we're all car guys. Really get that strongly. And we all have the same passion. We're all car crazy. We have different ways we express it, but it's one passion. We're all together. It's and it's the greatest fraternity in the world. So we've shouted that for 18 years. I think we've had some impact in people seeing that the car hobby is a special place. Yeah. No. <laughs> Obviously, and you know, just before we went on, we talked a little bit about uh, when we talked to you last, and it was about a year and a half ago, and you could catch it on our iTunes page, uh, the interview we had with Barry, and it was great. But we talked to you at SEMA, and two things about it. One, you were telling me you haven't missed one, and this goes back how long? Well, uh, 65, actually it was before SEMA. Uh, 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 Bob Peterson good, ended up being a great friend of mine at the time. I was a kid, you know. I was a teenager and Bob Peterson, Peterson Publishing and he created Hot Rod Magazine and all. Uh, he created the first car show. It was a hot rod show at the Armory in Los Angeles. So all those kind of things going on. He started a high performance show at Dodger Stadium. And simultaneous with that, a guy named Noel Carpenter, an un, un, unsung hero of the car hobby, mm -hmm. a good friend of mine. He started a performance show at, um, in the um, ballroom of the Disneyland Hotel. And there's Ed O'Brock and McGuire's. There's just a few of us with uh, low 10-foot spaces, and that's how it started. Wow. And then Noel said, okay, we're going to move over to the Anaheim Convention Center. Well, at that point, he and Pete got together, and they decided there shouldn't be two performance, high-performance, car guy-type trade shows. So Pete bought him out. Okay. The show was at Anaheim. But Noel had already been looking to Las Vegas, and it was Noel Carpenter that took Pete to Las Vegas, and he'd already been talking to the people there. The convention center at that time was a lot smaller. So when about was that? Do you remember? Oh, uh, I would say late 60s. Okay. I would say, um, no, 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 it was later than that. It was later than that. It would have been into, um, time, funny how time flies, yeah, well, you know. Yeah. Probably, uh, probably, 77, so I'm guessing, but somewhere. That's fascinating to me, though, that Dodger Stadium, of all venues, was one of the key places for the car hockey at one time. Under the grandstand, he, he'd had his show. In the low ballroom, the portion of the ballroom, the Disneyland Hotel, and they came together, and of course, when it went to Vegas, it just took off. And from my standpoint, this little bitty show and watching it grow to 2 million square feet, 150,000 people, you know, it's just it's like 110 countries represented. Uh, it's been quite a ride. I feel like I've been kind of a 
a champion. I, I, I always tell them, I'm, I'm your unpaid PR guy to champion the cause for, and also to champion the cause for car guys at retailers, because when I first started going to retailers, they didn't care about car guys. Yeah. And I kept saying back in the 70s now, this I have a car wax that car guys like. You put it on the shelf, car guys, well, who are, well, that was before clear coats. Everybody waxed their cars. Right. They didn't care about car guys. Once clear coats came, the mass audience went away. The only thing left was car guys who were obsessed with their cars. And that. And so now 90% of all the car wax related products are bought by car guys. And it's worked out pretty good for us. Wow. <laughs> to no, say no. The least. We were talking SEMA and this upcoming SEMA in uh, this year is big yeah. for you. Talk about that. Um, You're going to be honored? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, finally. <laughs> He's so modest. He's, He's going to be what, Hall of Famer? Is that uh, yeah, they have this thing called SEMA Hall of Fame. Yeah. And so um, I get it with a whole bunch of my heroes. Yeah. I, you know, I look at the, my heroes in there. I think that's even me close to them. Who, who would be your hero in the SEMA Hall of Fame? Well, of course, George Barris, you know, and, and I mean, well, so, uh, Vic Edelbrock, I mean, Chief Pete Shaporis, I mean, all these guys that were close friends of mine, and most of them we've lost, you know, and um, to look at them and just say, wow, to be, be involved in that, and um, so it's, it's fun, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I'm, I'm delighted, you know, it'd be, um, be a blast, and then I, I take off at midnight that night, Fly to Washington D.C. for another event, so I could have a long night that night. But Washington D.C. <laughs> yeah, I've got another that starts that very next day, middle of the day in Washington D.C. Car actually, show actually, it's not it's not car related, so it's uh, has has. I do have more than Is one that life, legal you know. In this state? Wait a minute, are you? I've never heard you not. You, we were talking before. You say you go to a car show every weekend. Well, yeah, you know, we we sponsor thousands of car shows, and my wife thinks we go to every single one of them, of course. But every weekend it's a choice which car show we're going to go to, and um, so we're at, we're at uh, often, well, almost always one, and sometimes two and three in, on a weekend. Michael Bruska, thanks for uh, touching base, Mike. Mike wants to know what's your favorite car of all. Well, that's easy for me. My first car, Mike, was a 57 Chevy, a black Bel Air 57 Chevy. And when I drive it today, I'm 16 years old all over. I have other cars, and I love these other cars. Um, I really do love them, but when I get in my 57 Chevy, I'm 16 years old all over again with my, with my same girl. It's weird. You're driving in the car, and you just look, let's say, where the Bel Air insignia is, and you're just all of a sudden transported. Love the sound. I'm driving in the same street. I love to hear the sound of the engine bouncing off the storefronts and going down the little street. In my Are town. you originally from Orange County? Uh, no, I'm from Pasadena. Oh, okay. Pasadena, but I, where I live now, I was there a lot, and that's, I drove my car there a lot. So it's um, it's it's really cool. It really is. So we haven't had a chance to update your car scenario uh, lately, but I'm curious, any new cars in the stable, or what's the latest car you're working on, or that you plan on having? Well, I'm waiting for the new Ford GT to come. You know. Um, um, they're making, uh, they had 7,000 people sign up for the Ford GT. It's a two-hour process to fill out this application. 7,000 people signed up. Uh, they're making 250 of them for the world. Okay. And uh, so, and somehow I got in the top first cut, so I'm in the first 15 to get them. You kind of probably maybe know somebody. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. It's, it's dumb luck, you know, but but <laughs> it, it happened. So I'm, I'm my wife really pushed me into getting it. Really? She said, you got to get this car. 
I said, are you serious? She said, yeah, I really, I think you've got to get this car. So I probably, I would not have done it. I would not have done it without her. She kept saying, have you ordered that car? You have filled that application yet? So I'm like, oh, all right. Ms. McGuire, you are the best <laughs> wife in the world. I just wanted to, she's talking to somebody. Yeah. That's all right. But I, that's great. So um, it's going to be an amazing car. And, um, it was going to come out, you know, spring and summer, and now it's looked like the fall sometime. I don't care when it comes out. Is it going to be extra because it's black? Or does uh, it come well, they customize it for you when you're on, when you're online. Uh, with them, when you're on the phone with them, they render it on the computer in front of you. Oh wow! So I came up with this really novel idea to make it all black. <laughs> No stripe. Where it came from. No stripe. All yeah. black, just okay. like the 2005 one that I have. Uh -huh. So, but it's a race car. You know, this is not a street car. It's, it, you can drive it on the street, but this next car is, um, it's a Le Mans quality car. It's, 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 it's going to be wow. a whole different animal. That's going to be neat. That's going to be really great. Do you have? Um, you know, we we talk a while back about the cars that is number one on your list that yeah. you want to get. Uh, I assume that's one of them. Uh, it's been a while since we've talked, so let's update it. What's the top? What's on the top of the uh, Barry McGuire? I want to get that car list one day and make it black. I I, I don't. I'm done wanting cars. I you know the last. I might go back to help you. If I could re-ask the question, can I do okay, that? Okay, go ahead. The last car I got. Well, almost last car I got. Uh, was a 1901 Duryea. Okay. Okay. My grandfather started McGuire's in 1901, and Karen, I've always wanted a, a car to commemorate the year that uh, my grandfather started a company. So when we have the car, and they say a lot of people, because I'm not an antique car guy, you know, really, but I am an American car guy, and. Uh, and they say, well, why did you get a car from 1901? Well, it's because my grandfather started a company in 1901. What? You've been around since 1901? And I usually say, well, that's because our logo says McGuire's since 1901. Yeah. You know, It says, well, people don't grasp it. I thought if I got a car that actually, it's a cute little carriage, you know, uh -huh. is the first American car. Duryea was the first American gas-powered car. It won the first car race. A lot of history to Duryea. And um, for me, it was kind of interesting because it's three-cylinder, and um, they wonder why it's three-cylinder. The biggest collector in the world, a guy named Ebert Lauman from The Hague in Holland, he said, do you know the story of the Duryea, why it's so special? I said, uh, no. Well, he said, you don't know? Oh, all, you don't know? I said, no, I don't know. He said, well, you know why it has three-cylinders? I said, no. He's Barry. <laughs> he said, you know they were Christians? I said, who? <laughs> he oh, said, yeah, who? the Duryea brothers. Really? I said. Okay. He says they call themselves Trinitarians. I said, wait a minute. He says, yes, that's why they have three cylinders. He says, you throw the fish in the side, right? On the wood on the side, it's carved a fish on the side. I said, yeah, what's that all about? He says, Barry, the side of the fish here. Do you know, he comes over to me, do you not know? He's a very passionate guy. I love this guy. He's the best, biggest collector in the world. He says, do you not know this is the only car ever made to honor God? Now, are we talking that particular car or just Duryea's in general? That, well, that car, that car, not the earlier models. This one with the three cylinders and the, the he, they made that car to honor God. <laughs> so, um, you know, God's very important to my life. I honor him. I'm, I'm God crazy before I'm car crazy. So when I got both of them together, I got a car. I didn't even know it. I had bought it. At the RM auction, he comes to the garage after and he gives me this great story. I thought, 
God, you're just amazing. <laughs> that is fantastic. That is a great story. So where did the idea to get that car? Take me back a couple steps and why that car? Yeah, well, I didn't know who the Duria, I didn't know for now. I thought it was a French car or something, you know. Uh, we'd been looking uh, for a 1901 car at different auctions. And uh, each time we got there, they kind of went right by what we wanted to pay. I actually was so desperate, I looked at the one that was a steamer one time. I'm so glad I didn't get that, they were too hard to drive. Um, and then this one popped up at the RM auction in Phoenix. And um, so I looked at it, it looked pretty interesting. And so I wanted to buy it, but I, 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 w I was over at Barry Jackson when it came over the block. So a guy named Richie Klein, good friend of mine, who built the Las Vegas Motor Speedway and the Imperial Palace Collection, and he bought it for me. And he paid more for it than I wanted to pay. <laughs> so if I had been there, <laughs> if I had been there, I probably wouldn't have bought it. I'm so thankful he did. Actually, Lauman, Ebert Lauman, he came in to buy the car, and it had just gone over the block. He just missed it. Otherwise, he would have had it. You know, so he comes to the garage. He's, I'm so jealous. I, this guy has all the his, his collection and cars together with the building, probably a billion dollars. I don't know. It's a massive thing, and he's jealous over this little carriage that I got. <laughs> this, this is pretty funny. That's a know. great story, and you know, that's the best thing about. And you've been through this so many times. That's the best thing I think about the car hobby. Certainly, everybody's got cool cars, but it's the stories behind it that, that are oh, just yeah. awesome. It, it really is. Every car has a story. Every car is a collector car I found. I don't care how ugly it is or if there's 16 kajillion of them made. Every, there's a group of people that like every car there is. It just it just happens. And and I may interview them about the car and before I interview them I, I'm not re really interested in the car but by the time I finish interviewing them the car's not ugly anymore. <laughs> All of a sudden I start to love this is really a <laughs> I, did, I never liked bug-eyed sprites. Okay, I thought, what a stupid little car. Yeah. For, I'm sorry, I, 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 well, I'm gonna solve this in a minute. So then I go to a Healy event, and there's these bug-eyed sprites, and they are fanatics on these cars. And you, have you ever driven one? No. So I'm driving one. I think I'm gonna get a bug-eyed sprite. This is one of the coolest cars I've ever and seen. And painted black. Yeah, and painted black, and of painted course. Black. Absolutely, that's funny how that works. So out. cars, uh, but better than the cars, the people. Yeah. I mean, the, the people in the car hobby. They're just the best, you know, there's no, there's none of the social barriers. You know, even here, you see the ethnicities and the age groups and people and the, and the different economic levels of people walking the show and we're all one. We don't care about it, you know, it's just, if you're a car guy, you're a car guy. No, it's so true. It's like heaven's going to be. It is so true. By the way, I have to ask this, you've had a chance to walk around the food court. What was the best oh food you saw? Oh boy, that's tough. Well, how many, I mean, maybe uh, 40 different food oh, yeah, there's, offerings. There's a bunch of vendors down here, and they're, they're here till five o'clock, by the way, if you want to come down. But they've got food, unbelievable Well, food. I tell you what, and it's not just food. I mean, you go to car shows, and you get kind of, you know, uh, this is not that. No. This is gourmet this type, is... really fine dining, little bites of fine dining, and the short rib was just melted in your mouth. It, it's some of a chicken sandwich right at the beginning here that I yeah. thought that was, that, no, that's tasty. The baklava was absolutely amazing. The, I missed the baklava. Uh, even the pizza, I thought, well, you know, I, I, I just made a quick run through, but I, <laughs> I grabbed some and, and uh, uh, and everybody's raving about you. It's just a great day. Really a great day. Ken's done a great job and all, the whole team, they've done a great job. Nice, I mean the cars are spectacular, aren't they? 
Yeah, no, aside from that, there's there's like a 50, I didn't see the front. I always tell by the grill, that Cadillac, the 50, 55. Uh, but yeah, I, somewhere you know, in there. Everybody's got a tell yeah. uh, when you look at a car. Yeah, to right. me, the tell is where the parking lamps are. They know where it is, yeah, but, right. but anyway. Well, um, the taillights tell you, I didn't look, I, I saw it go by and I wasn't concentrated, but it's in that vintage. Yeah. Of course, it's pink, you know. Yeah. Elvis would have loved it, so. Yeah, so it's kind of great. Well, one last thought. How many cars do you have? Oh, I don't get into that. I, I don't. I never. He's never no. told me. I always I, I try to even stay away from the car. It's not about my cars. I don't want people to identify me with a certain type of car. Yeah. When I want to be Geneva. When I walk into a... Switzerland. From a, from a, from a Volkswagen event or Ferrari event, I don't want people to say, well, he's here, but he's really one of those guys. Yeah. You know, I just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to be neutral. I'm not about. I'm not. I, I, I drive all my cars. I love all my cars. Uh, so I'm, I'm passionate about my cars. But I don't ever. Nobody ever takes a picture of my collection or anything. I just. It's not about my cars. We have a uh, somebody came in. Justin Holmes. Thank you for joining us, Justin. Uh, he's asking, what is the best car event to attend? Wow, that's a hard question. Well, that's a good question, Justin. Um, it depends on what you're into. You know, the most famous car show in the world is the Pebble Beach Concord Elegance. There's just nothing like it. That is, that is, that's the Kentucky Derby. It's, uh, it is incredible. Um, there's a uh, second to it. I think everybody would say Amelia Island Concord. Um, it's an entirely different event though because it's very relaxed and you don't drive all over the Monterey Peninsula. You're in one hotel, you stay in one place and the fellowship and the camaraderie there is really quite amazing. But you know, you, you have these great Ferrari events and exotic car events. Um, uh, you know, the Street Rod Nationals, you want, you want to see a bunch of cars in, in, uh, like in Louisville, Kentucky, you're looking, I don't know, 20,000 cars or something. I'll be, I'll be at back to 50s um, in a short while, about three weeks. I think they have uh, 12,000 cars there. Um, I'll be at the Fleetwood Cruise Inn in London, Ontario in a couple of weeks. That's the largest outdoor car show in Canada, and that's a guy, Steve Plunkett, has, uh, he, he had some car guys come over a few years back, about 12 guys came over, now he has 3,500 cars on his property yeah, every, every year, that. that's so uh, that's amazing, I love the, um, the Grand Nationals, you know, I love good guys, um, I love them all, you know, it's, just, it's, it's to pick one, they're all great, I mean, you, you go to Italy, you go to a show called Villa Desta, you go to Goodwood in England, oh my goodness, Goodwood's held twice a year, and it's just, it's mind-boggling what Lord March does there. What, what stands out about that show? Perfection. Lord March is a perfectionist. Uh, they say he walks around and makes sure every flower, because there's flowers everywhere. He watches every flower, I mean everything in the place. And the one in, the, in September, um, is everybody dresses in period dress. So it's like you think you're in World War II did that in that year. And it's just spectacular. That's that's an amazing uh, event. Um, any good guys, if you're hot rod, any good guys event. Uh, West Coast here, uh, Sphere of Nation. The street rod, the, uh, the Syracuse Nationals, Syracuse, New York, they must have 15,000 cars. You know, there's a lot of big car shows. I don't know what kind of cars you're in. I, I guess I can go a little heavy talking about hot rods, but. Um, um, there's, there's there's amazing. Right. We we sponsor thousands of car shows. My wife thinks we go to every single one of them, <laughs> and we've been to all of them at least once, I think. But uh, we we get around. But uh, yeah, it's a great hobby. But you know, the one thing is, no matter where you go, no matter what kind of car show it is, it's the same passion 
it's, 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 it's people of all different types of descriptions all enjoying it together. There's no barriers. It's not about money. It's about passion. Um, it's just, it's just, it's, 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 it's a very special place and it, it's global. I, I, you go to the poorest countries on earth. And there's a car hobby. There, there are car guys there, and their passion is just the same as ours. They may be loving cars that are not very attractive, you know. In China, they don't have a lot to choose from in China. But we've been helping to start the car hobby in China for the last 20 years, helping them get car clubs going, helping them get cruises and you know uh, tours and all that stuff. Helping them so. Uh, I've had the great privilege of enjoying the car hobby in a, in a unique way because our products work on all types of cars. Most manufacturers, their, their products work on um, a certain type of car, a certain vintage year. But our products work on all cars. So I've been going to all types of car shows all over the world for 50 years. And it gives one a unique insight into the car hobby and, and how very special it is. Country that we wouldn't think would have a car hobby, but does. Well, there's more car, car guys per, per capita in New Zealand than any other country in the world. They're, they're totally car crazy. Second to that would probably be Sweden, you know. But, but you know, Estonia, I mean, you go into these countries, it's like, you cannot believe the cars, and they're really well done. No, down in Colombia, they're working, it's just like, you can't, you can't, you can't find a place where the car hobby is not there. And, yeah. and with the internet now, they can get the parts. They can understand how to do it correctly. You go down to the Philippines, and the Philippine Filipinos have such dexterity with their hands, and the the level of restoration that they're doing in in the Philippines is just absolutely amazing. Phenomenal car show. You drive the streets of, the Phil of Manila, and you think there's not a good looking car anywhere. I mean, then you go into their convention hall, and it's like Southern California. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's amazing. amazing. You, yeah, you just it is never know. There's cars that we all think are incredible. There are cars that eh, maybe not. So Rudy writes, and I know Rudy, he's in our Chrysler Performance West Club, and he wrote, what did you think of the 1961, I'm sorry, 1969 Town & Country Chrysler Wagon? <laughs> Well, how did you know that was one of my personal favorites? I mean, that's amazing that you would know that. We're kindred spirits here. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny though. I was in, I was in Manila, and there's a '51 Chevy convertible, yellow with a black top. All right. I broke down and cried. I don't know why. That was my mom's first car. That was my mom's first car, and I drove her. My mom could not believe it. She got her own car, and she loved that car. And I spent a lot of time with my mom, obviously, in that car. And I hadn't seen one in all the years. And I saw that car. The crews wanted, what's with him? I'd sit there, I'd just cry. They'd I'd just, give me a minute, give me a minute. And all the memories flooded through. And what cars do for us, you know? and bringing back those memories. And of course, beyond our memories, just the memories of what happened in America and around the world. I mean, cars have played such a great role in history. But, um, there's, there's layers and layers and layers of value of being a car guy and loving these cars for what they, they mean to us. Barry McGuire of Car Crazy Central and McGuire Car Care Products. Hey, are you listening to us on iTunes? Don't forget, subscribe to our iTunes page. It's absolutely free. You'll be notified when a brand new podcast is uploaded. And please give us an iTunes review and rate us. And if you're listening on SoundCloud, it'll just take a moment. Follow us, subscribe, and give us a comment. And if you're listening to us on some other website, let us know because... 
they're likely pirating our show and they probably owe us some rights fees and we'll have to scramble after them on that. Follow us in our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You could also check us out on YouTube. That's where our videos are along with Facebook Live. And of course, all of that you can find on our website along with some other things, Talking About Cars. Net. Also, quick thanks to our friends at Restore a Muscle Car, KNX 1070 News Radio in Los Angeles, and the Television Motion Picture Car Club here in Southern California. Until next time, I'm Randy Cardoon. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars.